courage, love and marriage go together like a crisps and chocolate. Go together like little and large. Go together like football and golf. What? Foot golf. That's not a thing. It really is a thing. Hi there, I'm Matthew Richards. I'm regional account manager for UK Foot Golf. This is podcast from the pub. Hello, I'm Nathan. I'm James. Hi, this is Podcasts from the Pub. Some of the best conversations happen in the pub, we find. From the silly to the serious to the downright odd. In this podcast, we have those conversations. We tell stories, visit a jukebox to play songs that mostly relate to what we're talking about. This episode is all about mashups. Pairing food, blending music and mashing up ideas. So let's get a drink, alcoholic or otherwise, and maybe even a snack, and get started. Um, I don't know if you saw the story, uh, Lonnie Johnson, the BBC, covered it. The guy that invented the super soaker. Yeah, it's one of those that you see on social media and think, I'm going to add that to my pocket or whichever you know other read later apps are available and things like that. But I thought, this looks awesome. I'm going to read later. And, and it's one of the few that I actually did go back and read later rather than just leave it stacked up. And it's an awesome story. He's an amazing guy. We'll put it on our Facebook and Twitter so you can see it. If you've not already, it has been shared quite a lot. Um, and the thing I found really fascinating was here was a guy that, was incredibly intelligent. His backstory is incredible wow, to go yeah. and see from his upbringing in sort of segregation and going through as a young black man to try and get further his career as an engineer. He yeah. went into the military. Making but, his own robot as a school child. Yeah. Well. yeah. That kind of... Which worked. He used amazing. like tape to tape Yeah, to send instructions to it that would then be played back by the robot who would then would... work out what to do. Oh, it's incredible. Which was stunning. But the thing I really liked was then he worked for NASA and he worked on weapons and he invented the super soaker kind of by mistake. But what I loved about it was this combination of skills that here's this incredible scientist, clearly a very intelligent guy, an engineer with all of these applicable skills to military and NASA who turned into making a, the most one of the most popular kids' toys that yeah. had apparently sold something like 740 million. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And then, and basically invented the Nerf gun then as well. Yeah. So, you know, he invented the suit. This guy invented my childhood in many, in many ways. And then really nicely used his profits to set up an engineering inventors kind of company yeah. to work on the other ones He's that he couldn't get in. 30 people. Yeah. yeah, he could have sports cars and jets and stuff like that. And he'd rather just keep inventing stuff and i love that it's wonderful it is it's such a great application of of skills being put together now i think this is kind of going to lead us on some of our music if you you need this you need this craft you need to find the right things to put together and in the same way we're going to come back and we're, we're going to we're going to tell you what happened at foot golf but better than that we went so the other week james and i went to sison b acres uh and met up with the guys that have we're not going to say invented it because we find out who did invent foot golf, but are kind of leading the way in the UK. Uh, and that's going to come up. But first, uh, let, let's edge our way into our musical choices with some mashups that we like, and then we'll get into foot golf. James, what have you got for us? So I've gone for a mashup of styles. This track here is the Easy Star All Stars version of Karma Police, and there isn't a more chilled summary tune. I challenge you to try and find one. So here it is. <laughs> Thank you. 
Obviously, we're, we're not just going for cover versions either, because we've already done that. So you need to go back to podcastfromthepub.com, dive into the archives, and you'll find our Under the Covers. You go under the covers with me and James. What more Ooh, could you want? Toasty. <laughs> and listening to some great music. So we're not doing covers of this. That isn't what this is about. This is about mixing things together. It's not one person taking another and just doing their version. Yeah. This is putting things together. Uh, so I think this is time. Let's, let's go and find out about foot golf. Over the last year, foot golf has been growing. And for people who haven't heard about it yet, chances are they will very soon. Obviously, as the elite athletes that we are, James and I obviously had to have a go at it, but we're also keen to learn about the sport. Um, I don't know about you, James, but I think the level of the sport is already a bit of a surprise to me. I, I don't know. What were you yeah. expecting? I, yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a few odd eccentrics, like basically just walking around kicking a ball. And one of the first things he said to me, oh, okay, so how many people in the UK play it? And you're talking, what was it, 50,000 or something like that. Like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, this is serious then. <laughs> yeah, I think what also shocked me was we, we have got, um, we, we arrived and two ladies came up to us like, oh, that's a yeah. lot of kit. Is that for us? We're like, not if, not really, unless Unlikely. you're playing foot golf. Yeah. <laughs> went, oh, no, I think. And 
he'd arranged for us to meet and speak to uh, someone from the council and someone from the course we were at, which was Sison B Acres, Melton Mowbray in Leicestershire, to talk us through how they'd arranged to have foot golf, the journey they'd gone on. However, we're not going to have that bit because we're going to focus on us playing and chatting to Matt. However, there is a new podcast from More Fuzzy Logic coming up uh, and it will be in that series. And if you want to know what that series is about, here you go. Hi, I'm Sarah Rose, host of a new podcast from More Fuzzy Logic called How We Change. Our lives can change in many surprising, stressful or even sensational ways. Each episode will present different stories about how we initiate, cope with, embrace or even avoid change in our lives. We're looking to hear from and speak to you for episodes for the series. Have you ever been given anything that's brought about change? A present from someone that altered how you saw them? Or a letter that flipped your understanding? A record, a piece of jewellery, maybe a ticket? If you have a story or know someone that does, we'd love to hear from you. You can email howwechange at morefuzzylogic.co.uk Find us on Twitter at howwechangepod On Facebook, howwechange Or use the contact form at morefuzzylogic.co.uk forward slash howwechange Thanks, and we look forward to you joining us at How We Change, our first episode coming soon. Hi there, I'm Matthew Richards. I'm Regional Account Manager for UK Foot Golf, uh, managing all the courses in the Midlands and the North regions. Uh, here we are in Sisonby Acres in Leicestershire uh, to try out foot golf with you guys. So, foot golf. How did that happen? Well, it's happened. Sort of the origins are oh, a few, few people are sort of competing for it, but yep. I think Netherlands is, is okay. the sort of most common uh, theory. Around about 2002. Yeah. Um, they, they're the first ones to write the rules down and make it a, an actual sport. So they claimed it. They then. claimed it. They got the rules but down. You'll hear stories from people saying, "Oh yeah, when I was a kid, I used to play in a field. We used to kick it against a tree." <laughs> Football teams say that you know, at end of training they'll play get it into the changing rooms and the yeah. fewest amount of shots right. so people have been playing a sort of version of it for, for a long time okay right so uh what would you say is the biggest skill set but is it is it better to be a footballer than a golfer it's a, really is a good mix okay obviously to play the game anyone can do it really mm-hmm. as long as you can kick a ball you can yeah. get on a foot golf course and play it and enjoy it yeah uh, to compete at it and be one of the sort of top players last year's uk number one was actually and still is a pro golfer okay um so know, knowing the lie of the land reading greens things like course that is, management that yeah, kind of thing. That's yeah. It. Okay. it is important uh but this year's current uk number one is a goalkeeper that used to be on watford books oh so really? you know it's, okay. it's a mix okay. it's definitely goalkeeper a mix. that's good to yeah. hear actually that's, yeah. that's my past are you playing on on an actual golf course then they, they explain how, how it actually works yeah most most are on existing golf courses mm-hmm. um and normally you will have two golf holes per uh two foot golf holes per golf hole right because obviously you can't kick a football as far as you can drive a golf no. ball so you normally have one one hole situated next to a fairway bunker, and then maybe the next one will be next to the green. Okay. Um, so it's like that. But there are dedicated courses as well, sort of set yeah. areas of land that have just been made into a foot golf course. Okay. So and the one here at Melton's a par three course, isn't it? Uh, it's a par three golf course. Yeah. Um, but I think the par on this for foot golf is around about 68, 70, okay. 69, something like that. Okay. So yeah. you're taking a few shots more when you're yeah. kicking it. Yeah. Right. Cause okay. if it's about 140 yards, mm-hmm. you're probably looking at around about a par four. Yeah. We're not all Casper Schmeichel. No, that's so. right. <laughs> I can't, I can't get that far. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
you know, do you, what kind of uh, age groups do you have? Is it, you know, have you got mixed gender teams? Have you got different age groups? Literally all, all ages. Okay. I mean, the sport does appeal to everyone. Yeah. Um, on a competitive side, we run competitions for under 12s, under 16s. Uh, we've got the sort of men's tour, ladies tour, over 45s as well. Yeah. So we do we cover all categories. Um, and then on a social side, you do see a really good mix of players playing. Yeah. You know, grandparents come over with their grandkids. You know, they can all kick a ball. Yeah. Um, so anybody can enjoy it. So it's very inclusive. Fantastic, fantastic. Have you ever scored a hole in one? I've got three. Three? One of them I was on my own. Oh God, yeah. Second one I was with my, <laughs> my four-year-old son. And then I scored my first one literally probably about two months ago when I was actually in company to prove it. Nice. So, yes. So drinks were on you then. Right? A lot easier to get holes in one and this, so there's no free drinks. Right, okay. It's, it's e easier than golf to get a hole in one. <laughs> so uh, obviously we've come along to Melton, um, you know, just turn up in our jeans and stuff. But apparently there's a lot of people taking this seriously. What kind of numbers are we talking? Well, first of all, on sort of a social side, people playing. So we've now got 200 courses across the UK. Yeah. So it's taken off massively. Yeah. Uh, we've got 50,000 people playing each week. Wow. Um, on, on average, uh, we've got over 60,000 member on on our website. You can go on our website ukfootgolf.com. Yeah. Come a member on there. Show you where all the courses are. Uh, and then we've also got a huge competitive scene. As I mentioned, we've got under 12s, under mm -hmm. 16s, ladies, men's, over 45s, all competing in national and regional rankings. Yeah. Uh, and each winner, five winners from the national tour, and each regional winner will actually go on to represent the UK to play the Americans in a Ryder Cup style competitions in Palm Springs next January. Wow, okay. So, you know, it's, it's getting big competitively, uh, but also massive just on a sort of a social, if you want to go and have a, have a fun round with your family and friends. So that hopes for maybe being an Olympic sport in the next who knows? few years. Golf's who, there. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, who knows? You know, we're literally in this country, we're about sort of three or four years old on a mm -hmm. sort of competitive side. Yeah. So, the, you know, the potential is, is endless. Okay. Who, who are the, the world's best players then? Is it the Americans? The world, yes. Well, last January, or no, January just gone, there was a World Cup in Argentina. Okay. Uh, the Americans actually won that team competition. Yeah. Um, but then they, there was a guy, Otero, from Argentina that actually won the, the singles okay. competition. Okay. So it's, it's huge, a worldwide it's huge, sport. It's a worldwide yeah. sport, yeah. It's huge in Argentina. Uh, I think they've got a monthly sort of like match of the day style programme based on football. Amazing. Hopefully with the presenter in their pants as yes. well. That's, that's yeah. exactly what we want to see. <laughs> so now I've spent thousands probably over the years on golf clubs and balls and gadgets that I didn't actually need and yeah. things like that. What, uh, what are we looking for in terms of kit for foot golf then? Well, for foot golf, at entry level, you literally need a pair of trainers. Um, okay. Obviously, you're on a golf course most of the time, so there's no boots allowed, yep. no studs whatsoever, so no blades, AstroTurf trainers or trainers. Yeah. Literally all you need. Uh, all courses uh, will even supply the ball, so you don't even need your own football if you just want to fancy around a foot golf. Yeah. Obviously, if you want to take it further, start competing, you can get more expensive footballs. Okay. Um, but the good thing with a football, you literally only buy one. You don't tend to lose them as much as you do a golf ball. Yeah. You know, it Stick in it in the water. The water yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll float. It'll come back. It goes in the trees. You can find it. Yeah. So it's not not uh, easy to lose. Okay. So what kind of ball? Have, what is this? The ball that you use? Then? That's is the ball yours? I use. Okay. Yeah. That is um, basically a, a German Bundesliga ball from 2011. Uh, very similar to the um, Jabalani. Okay. Ball. Yeah. Very round, very light. Yeah. Um, so they, you know they roll a lot further okay. than, a, than a standard. So football. your relationship with your ball is is quite strong. Yes, like, is. like a like a, like someone who goes temping bowling or something like that. It's Absolutely, all about. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. You've got to know your ball. Yeah. Uh, get used to it. 
as with golf, around yeah. the short game's important. So it's yeah. all about feel and yeah. knowing how far it's going to roll. So we felt we were about ready to play. We were at the first tee, uh, and that's when Matt then brought along um, our competition. And we met up with these guys. Sean Rontree, uh, currently number four in the over 45s in the UK. Uh, Lee Richardson, over 45s player, ranked seven in the UK. Not Ben Richardson. Ben Richardson, uh, number one junior, ranked last year and I think he's currently number three this year. My name is Jason Parkson, I'm 31 years old, I'm Midlands number one and currently six in the UK. Right, despite the credentials of these guys uh, as high-ranking players and junior players and over 45 players, I think, and, and this will come as no surprise to anyone, that both you and I were still a little bit cocky. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Um... I was thinking, I was just kicking the ball around. <laughs> well, and this was the other one. We we, we sat, uh, well, sat. We we stood ready to start. And in my head, and if anyone's listening, picturing this, it was a beautiful evening. The sun shining down. The a swooping golf course in front of us. Balls ready on the first tee. And I just thought we're just going to see eight guys welly a football as hard and as far as yeah. they can. No, that's not what you do. No, I was stunned actually. Um, and then we were greeted with a sight of. Uh, just people strolling up to a ball and side-footing it, just beautifully placed down the middle of the fairway. I, I was expecting, let's just welly it. The best advice I can give anyone for foot golf is to keep the ball on the fairway so your next shot is easier. Never make it hard for yourself. Do you get a lot of people that turn up and just think, I'm just going to leather this? All the time, all the time, especially when newcomers or footballers that are at a high level, they think, yeah, I'm just going to blast the ball down there. They blast the ball. And that I can side foot kick the ball and it goes further than what they do. So Let's just have it. <laughs> we, 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 but I still think at that moment, it threw me. But I was still thinking this is going to be easy. It's even yeah. easy now. They're not yeah, like Yeah, these guys it. don't even know how to kick a ball. We're going to totally destroy them. <laughs> uh, and we were partnered with Matt and with Jason. So even walking around with Jason. My name is Jason Parkson. I'm 31 years old. And I'm Midlands number one and currently six in the UK. About how long he'd been playing and how long it took to get to grips with it. I, I think we both sort of thought the answer would be a couple of weeks yeah. a couple of kick-arounds we'll be there so how long have you been playing for i've been playing for two years oh, yeah, since december two years december so when it comes to december it'll be my third year i'll be playing so was it a sharp incline in getting better or did it take you a while to think oh, i'm getting hang of this now oh yeah it took me a while to get better actually and to, to use the different balls and see which one suited me best because they all have their own different design of balls and they do help in some perspective, but yeah. For the first year, I was just learning. My first year was just learning, 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 and then slowly progressed over the second year. It's a whole year. Yeah, till till you get really, really good. It takes time. Right, we got one. We got one evening. Commitment. Yeah, yeah. So we'll let's do there, it. Right, Sorry. here we go. With whenever people do anything new, sometimes there's always people that say, "You doing what? Have you had like friends or family go playing what? <laughs> yeah, but even." All the time they're like, they just think, oh, you're joking, you're joking. I'm saying, no, I'm not joking at all. So come and have a go if you want, because there's obviously, there's kids league, there's women's league, over 45, so anybody can play. It's a sport for everyone. Yeah, yeah. A anyone, anyone can kick a ball. So just come along and just have a go and have a laugh with your friends or family, whichever. I think it's me to go. So roughly how often do you get out and play then, Matt? Unfortunately, since I started working for UK Foot Golf, not as much as I did before. Uh, when I took the job, I thought, oh, great, I'll be able to get out and play every day. Uh, I still play 
once or twice a week. Uh, some of these guys, Jay, probably plays three or four times a week. So, you know, practice does definitely help. Have you started noticing already from the people that play it of those immediately getting into it changing and being more professional straight away going, I want to take this seriously? Some, yeah. Some will always just want to have a good laugh with it, which is fine. You know, that's what it's there for. It, it is a sport that you can either just have a good laugh with it, but then some, yeah, they, they get the bug for it and, think, and then they hear there's competitions. You know, oh, I'll have some of that. I'll play in those. Yeah. That's definitely <laughs> There's definitely no doubt it was fun. We had a real good giggle yeah. going around with the guys. But it's rapidly becoming a serious sport. Uh, over the last weekend just gone, it was the UK Open, which had a first prize of £6,000. And congratulations yeah. to the winner, uh, Marco Esposito. But I did also like, because we were following Coming this, over here, winning our foot golf competition. Because <laughs> yeah. we were c- kind of keeping eyes on it. And I did love that in, also in the top ten was Jamie Cullum and Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, yeah he had a good weekend, Aaron Ramsey, didn't he? Yeah. That's why he wasn't on form for, for Arsenal against Liverpool. Yeah, he, he didn't do very well at and, all. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they were really big. Paolo Di Canio. That the, so Jamie Cullum and Ramsey, yeah, obviously not the real ones, but the real Paolo Di Canio turned up in a hammer shirt and... Yeah, he's he's an Ita- he's on the Italian foot golf tour. Unbelievable. And this is the thing, it's not just Britain. This is an international tournament. The guys tell us about the great courses they've gone to. So coming up uh, after our next mashup track, we're going to find out about how foot golf is taking British players around the world. I'm going to go for a real traditional mashup of uh, an article Girl Talk who just released whole albums of mixes where they've overlaid other tracks together. Like quick, quick, got six, 
sick to my stomach, overcome it by thoughts of me and her together, right? So when I asked out, she said I wasn't a type. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-point baller. I wish I was a little bit taller, I wish I was a baller, I wish I had a girl who looked good, I would call her.
again, it might seem like another stupid question, um, but it turned out it wasn't a stupid question. Have we got any foot golf players that have a caddy? <coughs> no, you don't need a caddy. Not got to that level. <laughs> no, you, you don't need a caddy. You can carry your own ball. Saying that best. though, you are allowed to take and use more than one ball, and you can change per hole. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, so you are allowed for to a longer do... hole. You might go for one that you know. Oh wow! Oh, great effort. But say, so, so say like every hole. Say if you brought three balls with you, you put them in your bag. You can change per hole if if you think one rolls faster or one grips more. You yeah. can change per hole, and you can also put air and let air out your ball per hole. Really? Okay. Yes, you can. So, it's not like so a... say if you've got a really fast green and yeah. it's short, and you want to do a chip shot and you want it to stop, you let all your air out, so it's just not going to bounce. It go do, and then but and then once the hole's finished, you can put air back in to make it roll faster again. That sounds like cheating. No, it's 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 just. Um, it's not cheating because any everyone can do it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not limited to per person. And it's also great at Jason, who's clearly super keen. He was saying how often he goes and plays uh, and each week and he really misses it. But what was also lovely was when we asked him about where his favourite golf course was. And it, it went in a direction. I just expected someone to say, oh, this course over here. Yeah. And his answer totally surprised me. Do you have a favourite course? Um, My... The best course I've played that I think the best in the UK was a course all the way up in Newcastle. Rosebury Grange. Rosebury Grange. Absolutely beautiful. It was just, everything was perfect. Everything was cut perfect. The maintenance was done really well. Some really good hole designs. And well. the hole designs, it was just, it was just perfect. All the pars was perfect. It was just a really challenging, good course. And really kept, in the design. it was just, it was just really nice. It's just. You couldn't ask for anything more than if, if courses followed their lead, it'd be amazing. Yeah. They are. You have to travel a bit around the UK, but they're worth it. They are worth it. Yeah. If if, if you love football as much as I do, they are worth it. I've I've never been. Like, I'd never been to Scotland before, and I never would have went to Scotland if I didn't play football. Because I travelled there for a tournament. I'd never been Newcastle. I was in Liverpool the other day. I've been Liverpool before, right, yeah. but it's 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 widening my. Well, yeah, and I went to Ireland. Yeah. It's just just traveling all over and i just love it because you meet great group of lads and you have a good time all the time so it's quality we were on the way back from this talking about sports going together and you started telling me about one that i still don't believe exists okay and and you know for once i've actually done some proper research as well and it blew my mind i did some more research because i'd heard about chess boxing so it still doesn't sound real chess boxing yeah don't matter how often you yeah. say it chess boxing not donald trump <laughs> Founder of ISIS. <laughs> and what's what's amazing about chess boxing is it's kind of been around as a concept for longer than it's been around as a sport. It was oh, okay. Um, so it, it, in the early nineties, there was a, a French graphic novel which kind of mentioned it in passing as this concept. Chess boxing comes from performance art, believe it or not. No, it doesn't. Yes. Chess boxing, it was invented by a Dutch performance artist. Uh, his name is Iepi Rubing. Um, nice pronunciation. Thank you very much. Uh, and all and but people saw that and went, actually, this seems like it could be a goer. He did it as a bit of performance art. What, him just on his own? Uh, against him against what? someone, but he set up some rules and he had a bout, a chess boxing bout. Uh, but it started off as a boxing match followed by a chess match. Uh, okay. So okay. I was just thinking, so how does it work? So 
in chess boxing, do you kind of step as the knight and then if someone's there, you punch them like the, the board in like Star battle Wars? chess, yeah. Yeah, like the board in Star Wars. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking when you say no, chess okay, boxing. Okay, so chess boxing is 11 rounds, six rounds of chess punctuated by five rounds of boxing. Oh, shit. So it's just literally, you play a bit of chess, (laughs) then hit the crap out of each other. Yeah, okay. So it's uh, chess and boxing rounds alternately. Um, Each round lasts three minutes, regardless of whether it's chess or boxing. So you play chess for three minutes, then box for three minutes. But you've got... um, So you've got nine minutes per player in terms of chess. But if you run out of time in your chess, you lose the game. Like So you've got... your kind of speed chess rules you've only got a certain amount of time to make all your uh, rounds um but th- and there's loads of different ways you can win so you can get knocked out <laughs> in the box you can have a technical knockout which i believe is get knocked down three times in one round um you can get checkmates uh, in chess you can exceed your time limit in the chess um or opponent can resign or give up or something like that um how is it right <laughs> practically you might be getting to this so sorry but i'm now trying to do it in my head do they bring a chessboard into a boxing ring or do you fight around a chessboard somewhere? I believe you have a chessboard set up at the side of the ring and then... So you come... leap out. Yeah, I assume you keep your shorts on. Because <laughs> how do you move your chess pieces with yeah, the gloves? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just, I didn't mean to move. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. no, that, yeah, I've, I've just not... I've resigned my king by accident. They need a caddy. They yes, need a caddy. They, yes, definitely. Um, and so you say, oh, yeah, this is... But th- this year there there was the World Chess Boxing Championship. No, there wasn't. Yeah, in Kings Cross <laughs> in London, and this is when it get- and it was called the Grandmaster. Bla- uh, what was it? The Grandmaster Bash, which I like. Oh. Um, now, and what happened? And this is amazing. This is where I went down one of those Wikipedia holes. I was like, because I saw, I said, oh yeah, British, European, and IBF. The former light welterweight world champion Terry Marsh. I was like, I know that name, and it. So, so he's the first ever former boxer who has won the chess boxing world title so for the first time a boxer's come through and actually won it and he's 57 okay. i recognize that name yeah I recognize that he name is he he now from a, his sporting legs he's fantastic he was the first ever world champion to retire undefeated i think it favors the boxing slightly more than the chess well this is what i find really interesting on the foot golf one we were asking and thinking about are you better as a footballer and we heard that one of the the leading number one at the moment was a previous goalkeeper which yep. kind of makes sense but then you realise you, you can't cheat it. You need both no. kind of skills. You and and they to... said, actually, there's a few former pro golfers who, who who do it because it's about knowing how to place a shot and, and course read management a green. and things like that. And reading yeah. a green is absolutely essential. So this is where we came to when, when we left, thinking about it's not as much of a mashup as we thought. It is more of a, a, a duet, mm. which is our very clumsy way of saying <laughs> we're going to pick some duets to play. Bravo, sir. <laughs> Get that crowbar out. Uh, James, lead us off. Let's have a duet okay, break well, before we go Well, do you know back. what? It, I can't have anything other than this duet. I, I only discovered it about half... Not discovered it, remembered it about half an hour ago when I was looking through all my songs. I was like, of course, this just fits perfectly. Um, it's the Olympics at the moment, and they're amazing. And I love sitting and watching people rack up golds and things like that. And we're having a fantastic Olympics. And the first ever Olympics I can remember is the 1992. Barcelona! And I, I say the greatest Olympic anthem of all time. I wouldn't be able to tell you another one. Um, I don't really remember anthems of tournament. You know, 
it's all David Guetta and Pitbull and stuff these days. But um, this is just one of my, and I loved this at the time. It's an incredible duet, and it's Freddie Mercury and Montserrat Cavalier uh, singing Barcelona. Barcelona.
this idea of duets um, that we've, we've kind of pinched, I think does fit some of foot golf. And we got a lot of help from these guys, as we said. They were giving us advice. And Jason got more vocal the more we went around saying, oh, good shot, try that, or pointing out where to go on, on the green. And what was lovely is he opened up more. You could, He genuinely loves this sport. Yeah but was quite modest about how good he was. And it took a while for him to chat about when he told us his favourite course and he played around the world. And then we found out, this I, this is again where I thought this sport is way more than I thought. He's top of a leaderboard at the moment to go to what is essentially the Ryder Cup of foot golf. So he's got anywhere planned next to travel. You said you've been places you've not been before. Is anywhere next on the schedule? Palm Springs. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm currently leading in the Midlands, like I said, by quite a few points. So if I do, there's three Midlands tournaments left. And hopefully if I come in maybe the top three in the next one, I should be too many points for anyone to catch me. So I'll be off to America in January. Wow. So does anyone support you with financing that or have you got to dig in your own pocket? No, because I've won the Midlands, they it's all paid for for me. Wow. Nice. Yeah, nice. I'm just, I'm, I'm jealous. And I'm annoyed that Sky won't be broadcasting it as well. There's still time. Yeah. I think, is it, is it January 2017? <laughs> it's, it's, January, it's the January coming up in Palm Springs. Palm Springs. All paid for. Yeah. Europe versus America in foot golf. And hasn't he got enough? I think by the end he said he's, he's either already just he's, about qualified. or Yeah, because he, he, I think the top five in the UK go automatically. And he's the fifth. He's the fifth ranked player in the UK at the moment. And then it's the top player from each region. And he is by far... Um, the top Midlands player, so I think he's he's going to qualify through one of those rooms. Yeah. I'm I'm almost and I, I'm really excited for him. I, and he's he he yeah, that's what he's worked really hard for, and it's it's fantastic to see that actually paying off. And, but in a way, really nice that at this sporting level, you know, he's he's not an Olympian. Okay, he's not spent his entire life since he was six building up to this but he's someone who found something that he really enjoyed then found out he was actually pretty good at it and then he worked and worked, and he clearly has put in time and effort and really worked at it and what's amazing is you can get some incredible rewards even at this kind of weird obscure level which is which actually i think is tantamount is just testament to how much UK foot golf has grown in the last few years. They've done a cracky job. It's really evident how much they've worked together to bring this off because it, it doesn't seem feasible that something you've vaguely heard of is actually a very legitimate sport that has reasonably big prize money, people taking it seriously and going to Palm Springs to yeah. compete. And we just, you know, because we asked it, oh, oh wow, yeah, so, uh, yeah, how's, how much is that going to cost? Oh, no, it's all paid for. They're putting me up and I was like, that's awesome. And then it, there, I could see in both of our eyes at that point, we went, okay, two years' time. <laughs> yeah. And, dear listener, okay, we've been joking and talking about how we weren't very good. You know what? We get good. But more of that, let's have a music break, another duet. Uh, I'm just going for uh, a big balls-out pop track. Uh, it's Beyonce and Jay-Z. So 
weekend i went out and played foot golf with ralph uh my good friend ralph regularly so went straight back know. out again I've, we went i've been out again and played uh cut cut a, cut a few shots off my score um i kind of explained that we were doing the podcast about this and he got a chance to me because the other thing that he is one of the other things he's awesome at is cooking he, he's always been a really keen chef and he was talking about um so, and i was saying about pairings so, oh, have you heard about kind of molecular gastronomy i'm like Okay, I, I kind of have a bit in that I've seen Heston Blumenthal on TV. Which also sounds like a sci-fi character. <laughs> yeah, he he runs the bar in Star Trek Voyager or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I've seen Heston Blumenthal do his crazy stuff like snail porridge and bacon and egg ice cream, and you know, uh, which really fits into a lot of what we've been mm. talking about. But then I, I went and did some research about... Uh, oh, that's totally against the ethos yeah, of this no, this sorry. podcast. Okay, I googled it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Should we just say that? <laughs> and um, and yeah, apparently there is a genuine scientist, and a lot of people. But Heston Blumenthal doesn't like the phrase molecular gastronomy because it sounds elitist and sounds like a sci-fi character who serves you drinks in Star Trek. Exactly. Um, and he's he's talking. Hold about... on, hold on. That's just be wise. Well, Heston Blumenthal doesn't like something because it sounds elitist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. Because you can get a that's like John Invidale complaining about sexism in sport. <laughs> but he was saying, like, because it's 
you should be able to do it at home. And then I did remember seeing it. Yeah, we've not all got dry ice at home, Heston. I don't know, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's how I make my entrance every morning into the kitchen. <laughs> Wheeled in on a roller skate. Just yeah. <laughs> um, and I had a look, and you can buy kits on online. Um, and then I found this fantastic interactive uh, piece of research from uh, Scientific American. And so we'll put the link up uh, so people can play with it themselves. Because uh, what they do is they look at the molecular makeup of a food and then different foods have some similar uh, molecular level pairings um, that you wouldn't necessarily expect. So one of the classic examples is white chocolate and caviar, for example. Okay. And yeah, and this is this is where it's interesting because the great thing about science is it doesn't have prejudice. It doesn't have you know, it's neutral. It's neutral. It, it's just pure fact. It goes and I'm, I'm not even scientists are going, well I'm not saying they will taste great together, but they but scientific research shows that foods with a similar level of similar mole- uh, molecules in will to most people taste better. And just because you think it sounds weird, and and that brings in the next level is, am I ever going to be able to try white chocolate and caviar with a, a kind of objective mind? Because I'm going, this is fish eggs on a milky bar. This sounds like the type <laughs> of thing. Not the, maybe that's not the level I'm working at. <laughs> it sounds like those type of things. Don't tell me what it is. Yeah. Just let me try it. Yeah. I, and that's I, a much better way. Yeah, because I I always did want to go to the Fat Duck, um, Heston's ridiculous to get into um restaurant because i've always been someone who trusts what a trained chef will do i uh, we've probably had this conversation before about my subservience to authority and things like that and if someone's a trained chef and they tell me some food to go to okay i'll eat it he, he seems to know what he's talking about or she um, this is why i often turn up at the podcast in a white coat <laughs> yeah. just just tell you to do yeah things. I'll, I'll, I'll just do it I'll that's how we started the podcast <laughs> i just turned up and went we're going to do a podcast you're like oh, okay I, I, yeah i trust this guy he's got a clipboard and a white coat I, I better do what he says um so yeah but you're right as soon as your your own mind and prejudices get in the way it becomes really difficult but i've i've actually got the um the interactive thing up here so let's have a look oh, okay um, so this looks it it has the look of something trustworthy. It doesn't look like someone's just done some crayons. This looks like it's a proper map linking all the molecules together in in kind of a like a road map. It looks more yeah, like so of you, how you get to this place. You've got a load of different food things here, and uh, so I'm going to go on because one I saw earlier was Parmesan cheese. Okay, so uh, the thicker the red line on this graph, the more common food molecules it shares with something so parmesan cheese and white wine i kind of yeah it seems kind of sensible parmesan cheese yeah i have that with a nice on top of a nice carbonara with some white wine seems seems good parmesan cheese and rum very strong connection apparently i can kind of see that parmesan cheese and whiskey i'm not a whiskey fan so that would put me off that would be a bit weird okay um there was also peanuts and pork liver Mm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> you're not feeling that one um okay so we've got um some uh, as you would expect kind of pineapple and white wine that seems to make a lot of sense black tea and peanuts yeah i get that one okay oh okay yeah well, i like one. black tea, i like black tea and i like peanuts so that's win-win okay oh good mixed together though yeah, I don't see why. I, I like snacks. I eat okay. a lot. I'll have a cup of tea and I'll have a bowl of nuts. So oh, okay. that's that's a, an easy leap nice. for me. Okay. Um, what I did find really interesting, you know how people, 
people when they've tried to tell you about foods that go together all fish oh that goes well with fish right according to this nothing nothing, nothing goes, goes with well fish. with fish <laughs> I've a, a, you basically click on the fish and they go yeah it's, uh, it's kind of similar to cod and tuna but it doesn't go with anything which i found very interesting that that is quite odd yeah there's a uh, a website and an app uh, as well called food uh, from foodpairings.com if you go to foodpairings.com um you've got to like register for uh, an account but then you can put in ingredients that you've got and they'll kind of like they've analyzed it and they'll put together a recipe for you is there anything in there what i'm curious about is there anything about this about it being blended is it like saying if you blend these together whack them in a blender it makes a really tasty mush. Or is it more about textures now? The it, molecules I, I work when you more, eat them. Yeah, I think it's more about textures. It's food pairings, things that go well together in your mouth. Like, um, there is a, there's a scientific reason why strawberries dipped in chocolate work really, really well. Uh, and it's not just because they're both nice. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. I think it's because they're both nice. But, you know, but um, no, strawberries and cream is a classic thing because of different molecules and because of textures and and things like that. But this is a way of going beyond the things that would seem a little bit obvious. Does it explain why chocolate and crisps are really good together? I st- uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, they're not on my map. So I can't oh, I can't disagree with you on that one. Chocolate uh, crisps in sandwiches works fantastic. Peanut butter and bananas. I'm not sure about that one. Oh, it's brilliant. Peanut butter and banana sandwich. I've got peanuts here. Uh, okay. Peanuts did not go with bananas from what I saw, actually. Bollocks. Yeah. No, you, you They're rubbish. Right, I've, I've lost all faith in them now. <laughs> it's clearly not working. I'm d- and also, I just want to make this clear. Uh, I'm pretty sure I invented um, salted caramel. Just uh, No, no. Hang on. No, I didn't invent it. I popularised it. I'd, but everywhere, salted caramel these days. About 10 years ago, I was like, yeah. I, I went to like somewhere, some little village place. And I was like, oh, salt and caramel. Had it. It was amazing. I raved about it. And now it's everywhere. I'm just, just saying. You're clearly a pioneer. Yeah, thank you. It's about time someone said that. Right. Let's, let's think about this. So we, we've kind of gone from... Our beginning bit, you just throw things together. Yeah. You might get a happy accident, whether it's mashups uh, and sports. That that might kind of work. Then we thought about you've got to actually pair things carefully that will complement each other in, in duets. Now, from your molecular, we're kind of looking at it. It's it's a collaboration between these foodstuffs that what's good in one part goes well with another, which means if we then put this back to foot golf, we've got to blend our skills, blend our skill set back in. Um which means we've really got to look at musical collaborations to go with our final part of foot golf because we kept saying we we got good. We weren't lying. We we had a couple of moments of glory. Uh, there is an accompanying film to this interview as well. We'll put up the film of uh, James's interview with Matt and us going around the course so you can see us in all of our 3D glory. Uh, however, we didn't have the camera running on a couple of shots, but we did have audio. Um we got a little bit carried away when we did a good shot, as you can hear in some of the actual clips. James, that was a very nice put. How do you feel? I, I feel very good. Uh, got the line right. Uh, weighted it beautifully. Just dropped in at the end. It was, um, yeah, it was a touch of class there. Um, the type of thing you really should capture on film. Yeah, kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those moments that you play sport for. And then we didn't have the camera rolling again when uh, we went to another hole. My ball bounces just off the off, off the fairway into the rough with a green up ahead. Looked and was going through all this technique of toe poking, and I just thought, I, I think I can chip this. Well, then you can go. Oh, it's, got to, it's got to get over this bit, isn't it? It's got to get. 
I like the back spin you put on that. Have you not filmed either of them? Nathan, how do you feel about that? Uh, feeling quite smug. You just, you just described it for us. For 20 yards. <laughs> so let's celebrate, James, this, this collaboration of sports together that we both like, of food and of music. Uh, this, this seems totally fitting that we, we can reach into the depths of our music vault yes. and draw out some class. What have you got? Okay, well, do you know what? I, I, I had a load of different things and I've just changed my mind right at the last to something that I saw a few weeks ago because that's the way I am. And it's kind of feels... Football and golf are two of my favourite things. Completely. I've played golf a long, long time. I, yeah, football. Huge fan. Um, so I, I've just gone for a collaboration of some of my favourite things here, which just magically came together over the last few weeks. Um, I'm sure a lot of... But what's also interesting here is it's things that should work really well, but some people weren't overly enamoured by it. I really enjoyed it, and that's why I want to share some of it. But sometimes a load of things that seem to go perfectly together, some people go, oh, actually, I'm not... Oh, I've hasn't worked out quite the way I wanted it to. Because uh, Twitter reactions is very recently we had the the Bowie prom. Um, so it was one of the official prom nights at the Royal Albert Hall where uh, an ensemble classical music, uh, but a modernist classical music uh, ensemble called Stargazers um, with a space in between each one of the letters because they're hugely German hipster guys. Uh, so if you're looking for them, Stargazers with a space between every letter. Um, they curated a night of Bowie music at the proms with a number of different artists um, and so my favourite artist of all time, David Bowie, honoured by one of my other favourite artists, Neil Hannon doing my favourite David Bowie song, which is Station to Station. So it felt, yeah, this has to work brilliantly. And what was lovely, um, Amanda Palmer was also part of the uh, ensemble there. So it's uh, Neil Hannon and Amanda Palmer and Stargazers uh, producing this really interesting and and a very powerful version of David Bowie's Station to Station. Throwing darts in lovers' eyes 
Here are we, one magical moment, such is the stuff from where dreams are woven. Bending sound, dredging the ocean, lost in my circle. No color tall in this room overlooking the ocean. Here are we, one magical movement from Kether to Malka. I could never be down Got to keep searching and searching And oh, what will I be believing And who will connect me with love Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful When have you sought fortune evasive and shy Drink to the men who protect you and I Drink, drink, drain your glass, raise your glass high. It's not the side effects of the cocaine. I'm thinking that it must be in love. It's too late to be grateful. It's too late to be late again. It's too late to be hateful. Then you're being careless here. I don't think we can emphasize enough how much fun we had going to do this. Uh, whether you've played 
football or not, or whether you've played golf or not, it, it's as much as there is all the technique and skill, unlike, say, maybe going to golf and feeling nervous that you, you're going to look silly or people are going to judge you for not holding the club right or having the right gear, there's none of that. And the chances are there's going to be a golf course near you, a foot golf course where you can go and play. Uh, it's great for them. A lot of families are going and playing it. You can go with a mate, you can go in a group. Um, and the ways you can find out about this are go to ukfootgolf.com. It's UK Foot Golf on Twitter and it's UK Foot Golf on Facebook. And they are massively active uh, and really quick to respond. That's how we got in touch with those guys in the first place. And there's lots of information of how to get involved. So a huge thank you to Matt Richards, especially for arranging it all. Uh, and Jason, who went round with us for uh, really helping and, and mentoring us, I'd like yeah. to think. And, uh, and do you know what? Just in a way, it, it was in their interest because I've already been out and played. I played this morning with my daughter. Uh, one of the local Leicester parks, they used to have, uh, Knighton Park used to have a little pitching part and they've turned it into a three-hole golf, uh, foot golf course. So I went up with my daughter with a couple of footballs and we, we played there as well. And I'm genuinely hooked already. I'm Brilliant. I'm really, really. And they were, and it wasn't just the get, it was the fact that they were so lovely. And I know I could turn up at course and play with some people who are playing and just have fun. It's great. It was great fun. We'll be going again. If you can think of anything you, you think we should go and try, or maybe mm. you're involved in a sport or an event or something, give us a shout uh, and we'll go along. And equally, uh, we always love hearing your music choices. We've had a load of them uh, and we're going to condense those for you now in a bit of a medley of what people have suggested. And we'll put up a Spotify playlist for you as well, including not just mine and James' choices, but what you guys have also uh, suggested for us. So you can get that playlist and have a listen. What am I going to end on? Oh, no, I'm going to go for. Similar to you, I, I was unsure what to pick. And there's a lot of these good suggestions. And I was, I was kind of scratching around. But I think in the spirit of things that maybe you don't think on the surface would work together. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear it, you go, well, obviously that would work together because that's brilliant. I'm going to go for Death in Vegas, who partnered with Iggy Pop. Uh, so a dance kind of band with a grungy feel to it with Iggy Pop and their track, Aisha. We'll be back very soon with a new podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Nathan. I've been James. And this is Podcast from the Pub. Aisha. We're only just met. And I think you ought to know. I'm a murderer. Babies in blood. I have a portrait on my wall. He's a serial killer. I thought he wouldn't escape. Aisha, he got out.
Gods all suck. <laughs> 